Hi, I'm Kat. And I'm Emma. If you love the Dead Prank podcast, you can help support its future using the ACAST supporter feature. Now, it's up to you how much you give and there is no regular commitment. So if you can and you want to, please do hit the link in the show description to support now. Thank you. Thank you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, you're listening to the DPC podcast. The podcast where we talk about all things dead parent. The good, the bad, and the banter. Hosted by Sam and Kat. This week, we are bringing you part two of our conversation with the lovely Mira from the Judge Count and Community at Your New Normal. If you haven't listened to part one yet, I highly recommend that you go back to last week's episode and download that and give it a listen. So, here is part two of that conversation. Um, if we just backtrack for a second, because I know we were talking about before about what didn't help you after your mum died, and you know, um, from a religious point of view, it was the people saying that like, oh, it like was it them saying like, oh, you know, it was like God's plan, it was her time to die, kind of thing. Yeah, it was that, and also it was actually during the end of towards the end of her illness. That was another thing that annoyed me, but no one spoke about what was going on. Like my sister and I knew that things were getting worse just from the condition of my mum but no one said to us oh you know she's she's got this much time to live or you know you know you better you know make say what you want to say to your mum because she you know no one sort of no one thought to sort of think about it from our perspective they just thought you know we can't that you know their children you know we've just we can't show them anything we can't tell them anything we've got to shelter them from it all you know um and that was that was very so it was like even on the day the day before she died um my two aunts were like and obviously they mean well but they were like oh you know there's there's a miracle a miracle is going to happen you know and it's like holding on to this false hope where um instead of saying look this is the reality of what's going to happen your mum is going to die and it actually it it didn't come from anyone that it should have come um the people it came from was some of some friends from uni who I remember my dad called me and said, oh, you should come home. And I was like, oh, no, no, it's fine. Like, I'll I'll come home in the weekend, um, like I usually do. Um, And then it was actually one of my uni friends that said, no, no, Mira, I think you should go home. I think he's trying to tell you that something is happening and you're going to miss it. And it actually came from someone that didn't even know my mum, who was the same age as me, to actually say, hang on a second, something isn't right. I think she's not going to make it, Um, which is really strange. Um, See, I had um, experienced kind of similar things to see with the religion side of it and people talking about miracles because um, I actually didn't get to have that conversation with my mum about her dying because my mum was also very religious and she always said she was very much into the whole, like, miracle thing and, like, she strongly believed that because of her faith in God, God was not going to let her die. And that's what she always said. She was like, I'm not going to die, I'm not going to die. And it actually got to a point where when she was dying, my dad and I wouldn't let a certain group of people come into the home because 
they would be saying, you know, it's going to have a miracle. She's not going to die. Like, just believe in God. Like, believe in his trust and all this. And in reality, you know, that actually doesn't help at that point because they're, they're dying. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's really sad because I think... I don't know because obviously I don't know what it's like to face death but I do think that a part of you has to to let go in some way um to to be able to go through to go through the motions and I think that's what my mum was doing actually was she was detaching herself slowly from life um and I I think I think you're right I think when you're holding on to this false hope I, I just feel like it's too painful to do that I think you have to I don't know. I, I, I'm not there, but I feel like you have to confront the reality of it, and yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree, and it's you know something that my mum never did, and I wish that she had done. But you know, you win some, you lose some. Yeah, well, because I, I, I also agree, like because I've always counted myself very lucky that my dad was very like just straightforward and practical with it, and he was like, and because he was an atheist, he was like, look, people have to die. This is going to happen. And because the things that used to, I used to really not enjoy hearing was when people were like, oh, he's in, you know, he's looking down on you. He's in a better place. And I was like, no, he's not. I was like, I know exactly where he is. I saw the coffin get buried underground. He's there. Like, he's not in the sky. He's not watching me. <laughs> he's literally on the ground. For me, when people say that, it's more like, oh, you know, he's in a, be- he's in a be- better place and everything. Or she's in a better place. And I'm like, no, the better place is with me yeah and will always be well I mean, yeah I completely agree I don't understand how in remotely that is comforting it's it's almost like ha, 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 they're up there but you can't touch them but they can touch like they can see you it's like yeah how is that even comforting if it if it was if it was actually real like I don't I, I don't know I yeah yeah <laughs> I, I feel like what helps is um I, I find when people like I've been seeing a therapist I've, I've sort of dipped in and out of therapy mainly to do with my dad but um over over the course of the, the last 10 years um but it's the, and it's it's never really had the desired effect but recently I've I've um, met a therapist who who I really connect with and and she she sort of deals with things in a very sort of hands-on matter of fact she's very blunt you know she'll tell me She'll, she'll tell me really how she sees me and that's what I need um and she you know she does say to me that like you know it like fine your mum isn't here and you know and you, you know she's not she's not looking down on you she's you, you know that there's none of those things aren't real but actually you still you still have her because when you think of her she's she's there like in in a weird way and that's but you're right like she is you and you are her essentially yeah, I, I love thinking it like that, of, of it like that as well. I totally agree. Yeah, because you are, you're, you're a product of them, right? You, yeah. You are, and actually, as you get older, you'll find yourself doing things that be like, oh my God, that's so my dad, oh my God, that's so my mum, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, that's, and that's the beauty of it, I think. It's, that's, that's what's comforting, is that, fine, they're gone, but they're not really gone, because they're kind of there through you, and, and that's... And that's, I think that's quite beautiful because your, their legacy is living on through you. Um, yeah. And through the amazing things you do. So I think, I, I think that's, that's the only thing that really comforts me. Um, yeah. About it. I love that. I love it. It, it. it feels so special as well, doesn't it? Like it's so oh, nice. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's actually that quote that you that you um, another thing that really came to mind just now was that quote that you had on your Instagram. I think of J.K. Rowling. Oh yeah, um, love that. I love, and I was thinking of the same thing because, like, it's like I and people tell me now, my friends, they they tell me, God, you know, your mum was incredible. Like, I wish I had a mum like yours, and I, I'm like, yeah, like you hit, like. I actually had a mum like that, you know? Yeah, yeah, I did actually have a a mum once. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, this this is a thing. And so, yeah, it's it's, it's nice to know that actually, yeah, the love is, even though you can't, like, feel the love, like, you still, you still were loved in that way and it's still there within you. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely taught me a lot about love and, like, the kind of love that, I deserve and the kind of love that I give to people as well like I'm much more I would say that I'm much more passionate about how I love people now than I was before oh yeah and the right people as well Um, yeah yeah you find people that deserve your love um which is which is amazing exactly like you find Um, find people that deserve it and you give them all of it which I think it's all of it yeah yeah speaking of um Mira how did you and your husband meet Oh yeah. Um, so we actually we met it weirdly. We met on the first day of university, um, and he it was weird. And where I don't know if you had the same thing where you guys were, but um, when you're applying for halls, you have to kind of do sort of almost like a dating questionnaire. Like it was like okay, wow. yeah, it was really weird. It was like asking you questions about yourself and your interests, and like you know what were you look what were you looking for at university. It, it was quite interesting, um, and so they apparently they match you up by within your horse by people that have similar interests to you apparently Uh, yeah well ideally it is but um we ended up with I hope none of them listen to this but we ended up (laughs) with with a bunch of people I mean some of them were okay but some of them were not our sort of people and we sort of kind of bonded over that um even though we weren't we actually didn't act become friends um at university um we we kind of we had that sort of spark there from the beginning um but we can't we had sort of different friends and we always knew each other but it wasn't until so that was like 2005 um but it wasn't until 2012 that we started actually dating so that was a long time yeah um Um, this might happen to us yeah you never know (laughs) yeah you guys are young you don't need to worry (laughs) thinking back to the people that I lived with in first year I really hope that doesn't happen (laughs) (laughs) I mean I thought the same like don't worry yeah like the first time um, I saw my husband I just like moved in to halls he came in the day before and he I think they've been like partying hard like like the night before so he was like there and his like I think he was like pulling up his boxes or something in the kitchen um, and, then, <laughs> and then in comes my mom oh yeah it was that that's the weirdest thing is that even though he didn't know my mum, he has this only this one memory of her teaching him how to fry an egg or something or boil oh, an egg wow. yeah yeah so it was something like that something to do with an egg or something cooking oh. yeah that's what's so so remarkable that he um he remembers that and so every time like we his one memory he will always talk about it because he knows that that's like a real it's it's really oh. touching for me yeah like every yeah. every time you make him eggs yeah <laughs> oh, he loves me i love that <laughs> 
What's like one of the most romantic stories I've ever heard? Oh, really? <laughs> you haven't met him. You won't. You wouldn't say that if you'd met him. <laughs> he's, he's he's the most unromantic person ever. But um, oh no, that's he's so he's nice. a northerner actually. He's a scouser. Oh, he's yeah. Oh, I'm, um, I live like 25 minutes away from Liverpool. Oh, really? Luckily, Amaz- didn't, didn't pick up the accent though. No, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not a it's not a charming accent. Let's say. <laughs> it's not, no, it's not going to win over the ladies on his part. Um, well, it won over you. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did. It did win over me. It's weird. He actually he has a weird accent. It's it's kind of he lived in Canada for a bit. Oh, he wow. basically did anything to get out of Liverpool. Um, so, yeah. I do the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh Pretty god! Sad. Yeah. <laughs> so did he did he then see you going through grief at university? Like were you like were you close then? Were you speaking then? No. And then because then I suppose you, like, you didn't have to. Because I was going to ask, like, how you approach the subject of telling this person that you were dating that your mum died, but he he obviously knew already. Mm. You're, yeah, I mean, he knew because we he he knew, but um, he wasn't actually. He did a year abroad in America, so when all of this happened, um, he was actually abroad. Um, and I think it's only when he came back, and it's because I don't know where we went to university. It's like a campus uni, so everything you know, news travels fast. Like I, you know, people yeah. used to come up to me and be like, "Oh, your mirror," and it's like I'd know that I'd know that they'd know that I was the girl whose mum died. You know, I, I, it was just this unsaid thing, um, and yeah, so I, I knew that he knew, um, but it's it, we didn't, we weren't even friends. You know, I think. I think it would have been really awkward for him to sort of to broach it with me um Mm -hmm. and to be honest like I didn't really I didn't really confront it like I I went into you know crazy mode I just threw myself into life and studying and I didn't really stop um I think that's that's the thing when you I find when you don't confront your grief you kind of go off into this sort of um I don't know, it's sort of like an automatic mode of just doing one thing after the other and not stopping. Yeah. Because when you stop, yeah. that's when you that's when you confront and you feel. Exactly. <laughs> and I didn't want to feel. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's the way I think that's what it was. But then I think weirdly when we when we met, um, in him I found someone that I could open up to. Um, maybe because of what he'd been through. Like he would he would tell me what he'd been through in his life and he's had a really really hard life um so I feel like I don't know if you guys saw that but when someone um opens up their vulnerabilities to you you automatically do the same yeah mm-hmm. also I think it's very much and this is this is awful now and I do feel quite bad for it but I really I, I can't see a future now with somebody who hasn't been through some kind of trauma Oh Which, my god! Yes, yes. Sorry, I, 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 think, I, I think it sounds awful. Like you're literally counting out like maybe fifty percent of the population, if not more. But <laughs> I just, yeah. I just yeah, find I people. Yeah. yeah, I find these people that haven't been through anything really just like aggravating because I'm like, you have no idea what hardship is, or like, and also you have no idea how this person will react when something bad happens to them. Like they might be. Like when, when something bad happens, they might turn into a completely different person, which most people do. I think I think it really helps people to grow, and I think you don't grow into yourself 
until something has happened in your life which makes you do so do you know what you're you're 100 right and i i i find that with friends as well weirdly like i've become my friendships have changed not in the way that not not in the way that you know i've i've sort of like um kicked people to the curb or anything but it's not it's not like that <laughs> I mean I have I have shared over the years. <laughs> you haven't made the cut sorry like no it, it's no but I mean I have shared friends obviously when you realize that they don't add anything to your friendship yeah. it's, it's natural right but I think what is I've become closer to people um that maybe I haven't known as longer as some of my um historic friends but people who with whom I have that shared bond which which is the fact that you've you've been through something that you shouldn't have been through at such a young age um and you're right and it's for me it's not I don't have many people that have lost um people but I've I've had people that have had illnesses I've had people who've um you know whose dads have abandoned them I've had you know things like that I've had people that are immigrants and it's it's like and I think it's you're right it's like it, it makes you grow up much faster um than than when and and you end up be, you end up having more in common with people with that sort of um, background. Um, so yeah. yeah, I totally agree it's with you. It, it's the conversations that you have, I think, are just a lot more meaningful. There's a lot more depth to them. Mm. I agree. I, I hate small talk. I I find small talk... <laughs> it's like I don't I, I don't want to I want to get past all that small talk and I, I just want them to tell me what's going on inside. Like, what is inside? <laughs> Right, let's just cut the shit. Tell yeah, the thing is, it's happened to you. Yeah, yes. I don't care how many. I love that. Yeah. It's a conversation starter rather than what's the weather yes. like. You just being like, right, what is the worst thing that's ever happened in yeah. your life? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that should be a speed dating thing. Not bad enough, you should be like, right, see ya. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I think you should. I think we should do that, like um, the DPC speed dating, and it can be. Yeah. <laughs> You can help run it because you're already married, so you can like set up the dates. And... <laughs> oh, I'd love that. I'd love that. Um, I was just going to say because Sam and I actually did mention in our podcast the other day. Sam was like, "You know, do you find yourself more attracted to people that have got a dead parent?" And I was like, "Yes, <laughs> definitely." Oh, that is that is the plot. Yeah, that they are actually the only reason that me and Kat started the podcast is to find. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, it's it's kind of like the Bachelor, but like the Bachelorette thing when you're going through. Oh, I love yeah, it. So we, have, we haven't had that many men on here yet, but you oh. know, a bit of an incentive for you guys. If you do come onto the podcast, you might get hit on. <laughs> <laughs> you might find yourself a date. Oh, that's not a bad. That's not a bad way to be. <laughs> Two lovely day- ladies here. Um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah (laughs) in what way for you has it changed the way that you go about life yeah like it's so it's kind of it's one of those weird things so when I actually sort of started um addressing what was going on um so I I basically when I left university I went sort of straight into law school I went straight into training to be a lawyer then I was qualified Mm -hmm. so it was kind of um you know, I, I threw myself into um, a career that I thought would would mainly because of my mum, actually, I, I thought that was what she would have wanted for me. I, I, I just remember, actually, when she was ill and we I was at university applying for all these sort of um, internship things that, you know, you have to do. Yeah. Um, and I remember that um, 
I I secured one and I remember sort of picking up the phone and telling her and she was like so happy and I think that stuck in my mind because I I made decisions um for so long based on what I thought she would have wanted um which was mm. which was what instead of thinking about hang on who who am I um what's happened to me since my mum died and who am I now because obviously you change it's inevitable um and so I was just on this journey, like I was sort of dating someone that um, was a family friend who, you know, I, I loved in a in a brotherly way. But I, I sort of we started dating around the time when uh, mum was ill. And I, it's another thing. I thought that's what she would have wanted. And so, yeah. yeah, so I was sort of mapping my I was just I was very lost. And I thought and I, my mum was such a vocal point in my life for so long. You know, she she basically um I don't know I'm not saying that I I was very privileged but not in a materialistic way but more in like you know she was really nurturing and and very you know if I wanted to do play tennis she would find some way to make that work if so a lot of a lot of like a lot of my interests were sort of like really nurtured by her and, and a lot of what I thought who I was was really nurtured by her so when that went away I kind of I didn't know who I was really and I didn't know what I wanted from life. And I think that's why I sort of made, made all these decisions blindly, um, just just following this this route that I thought I should be doing. Yeah, so it was only when I qualified as a, a lawyer um, and it really, it really impacted me because I was in a position where it was um, high, highly stressful, um, really uh, things were going on in my personal life with my dad. So I just, you know, it was, it was a really, really toxic environment, both at home and at work. And I, I think it was only when I met my husband, um, when I started having some sort of positive influence in my life. Um, and, and that mm. part was growing. So I was falling in love and I, I, I was, yeah, <laughs> so, so lame, oh. but yeah. <laughs> but it, it's that that's when I realized like um a bit more about who I, who I was and and that's I think it was from when I took the steps to to leave um leave the law um that I started to discover a little bit more about what I wanted and actually you know what what my interests were what my purpose was a bit more in life um because yeah I think that's what it does like death um, seeing death like yeah confronts you with life because um no one really thinks about their life really like um you just you just go through these like steps um without thinking about them um and I think when you are forced to think about it you really think about what you want from your own life and yeah what's I don't know for me it's like I obviously you know you want to make money in some way to live <laughs> obviously uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but I, I just saw I just saw an environment where at work you spend so much time at work you spend so much time with these people like how can you be that miserable <laughs> if you're if you're spending like the majority of your days doing something that you hate only because it pays you such a high salary but then you're not able to spend that money so it's kind of a, it's a weird sort of thing um and some people don't question that because um they they don't have the opportunity to but then seeing seeing how life can be taken away from you does give you that opportunity so that's that's one of the things I'm thankful for so 
you know, since then I've been on a journey and I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm anywhere near there, there yet, but um, I'm taking steps slowly to figure out, figure out a little bit more about, you know, what I, what I want. Um, and I'm molding my life a bit more. I'm thinking about every decision really carefully. Uh, yeah. Act, like doing things with purpose rather than just. Exactly. Exactly. And thinking about, you know, I get so much more um, out of um, po- writing a poem about my mum and sharing it and then having someone come back to me going, you know, that's really helped me in some way, you know, and you guys yeah. probably feel the same way. Like when, then, then you do maybe going to work and earning, you know, getting a paycheck, like it's, it's, it's yeah. weird. So, you know, yeah. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. My favorite bit of what you just said then was um, how death makes you think about life it it read and it's weird actually because I recently lost a childhood friend of mine um and she was 31 um and I mean I won't talk about that this much because it's 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 very fresh especially for the family but yeah it happened really suddenly um and she what really made me really sad was the fact when I turned 32 a few weeks ago realizing she'll never turn 32 that really and like even now it's like it's 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 just it's just too sad but that made me think wow I, I've I've been able to turn for turn 32 I've someone's given that to me I've, I've got that opportunity whereas she didn't and like that's amazing <laughs> like it's I should be I am so grateful for that um yeah I mean it, it sounds weird something so like automatic that happens but it, it, it it really makes me feel really privileged and to, to have that. Um, yeah, it gives you so much gratitude yeah. for, like, everything. So I was going to – you briefly mentioned it there, but I was going to ask more about, actually, you starting your Twitter. When did that happen and what made you think, do you know what, I want to share more of my journey? Yeah, what made me think – I think what it was was that um, I was in between – so weirdly, I, I sort of started a business with my sister and it was kind of – we did it um, in the memory of our mum. Yeah, <laughs> so I've sort of done a lot of things as as I've, like, confronted my grief. I've done a lot of things um, which I've ded- dedicated to my mum and the business is one of, one of them um, – and, you know, it's, it's about that and also about getting to know, spending time with my sister, a lot of it was that as, as well. Um, but then this part of it was um, that I'd, I'd kept things bottled up for so long. Um, and I, 
I recently discovered that with with writing because I, I love writing and that gives me um it's really cathartic for me like it, it makes me re- I don't know just really satisfied so I just thought there's this amazing community out there and this is a way to be able to access it and to learn more about other people's experiences because mm-hmm. I don't have that in my in my network of friends that's that's the one thing I'm missing I do have support but I don't have the understanding so yeah and I think that's that's why I sort of joined Twitter it was part about me discovering who I am discovering what I what I wanted and the fact that I had all this sort of this this bubbling away of emotions and 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 wisdom and and you know feelings and whatever and I didn't have anywhere to put them um and part of it was is through writing but the other part of it is um sharing so uh yeah that that's that's the main reason I I joined Twitter um I don't know what that that sort of like that moment was when I thought that eureka moment or whatever but it's just I think it just happened naturally really um I don't know about what about with you guys it was weird with us wasn't it sound like we've wanted like an outlet for I think everything that we've kind of been through but also learned for ages haven't we yeah yeah it's been one of like you say it's one of those things that we just kind of like it just came about because we'd been thinking for so long we wanted to do something um and we were kind of waiting for that like waiting for the right thing to come and then I remember like having the like having the thought and then just having the conversation with Catherine but as as soon as as soon as the thought came about oh my god we could do a podcast and this is what we could call it and this is what we could do and it was like straight away well yeah here we go this is it but like for years we've been thinking we wanted to do something Mm. and it was literally within, within like 24 hours we like decided we were going to do a podcast we had a name I bought the um, domain. For the website. We started an Instagram account. We recorded our first podcast. We designed the website. <laughs> like, within 24 hours, we were just like, right, oh, tick, 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 amazing. tick, tick. I think that's what happens when you're passionate about something. It, it's not it's it's not hard. It just comes naturally, right? It just um, it just happens, which is amazing. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, I, I think you're completely right. It's it's like when you've got – because I don't know if it was the same for you guys, but when there, when I was – going through it all um there was there wasn't anything like this but it's only it's only recently um in the last few years where there's people that are speaking much more openly about it uh, from a young age as well um and that's and that's what's amazing and I I feel like times are changing and where the where the people that can change it and make a difference for for other people um so yeah I love that because I can specifically remember googling like what do you do when your dad dies? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! The almighty yeah. Google. <laughs> oh my god! What came up? Do you remember what was the first? <laughs> there was like nothing. Well, there was all. There was all like um. It was just all like you know like the national yeah. like charities and yeah. stuff. But even within that, like I didn't find anything that I related to. It was all, yeah, it was all, it's all aimed at people either younger, say child bereavement, or when you like a lot older. And I was like, this is, I uh, don't get this at all. No, well, I'm like, am I the only person? <laughs> well, that's exactly, and it's, it's always like, also with like grief therapy, it's really, 
I think there's like a lot of focus, like you say, on like children and older people, but also on like um, the first sort of three months or the first sort of six months or the first year even. And um, yeah. and like I, I, that's what I find really strange is that like after that, there's there's no sort of focus. And it's, it's more about like, oh, you know, like practical things about, and it's, it, you know, stemming from the loss of that person. And like, I remember going to a therapist and saying, oh, you know, you know, does your mum have any possessions at home? Why don't you grab a scarf of hers and, and sort of smell it from time to time? <laughs> oh, no! I just think, wow, that was a waste of 50 quid. Like, seriously, like, what? I mean, who comes up with that bollocks? Seriously. Oh, it's been, it's been six years. It's yeah. even <laughs> doesn't even smell of her. Like what? Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's the thing. No one tells you that. Like, it's not really just about losing them. It's about losing everything else. It's about it's about losing the person you were. It's about losing the the, the life that yeah. you the track of, on life that you were on. It's about losing. Friendships, Friendships, yeah, it's about patience. Yeah, exactly, patience. Yeah, it's about. It's just, it's so much more complicated than that, and that was only apparent to me when, you know, people like us and and I would read like people's like experiences, like personal experiences as of it, um, on you know random blogs. I think that was the only thing that helped me. Like I just google and find this random person's blog and they'd written about a random thing and it was like and then I thought what's an easier way to access those people and then obviously Mm. the beauty of social media yeah Mm. for me it was definitely with Sam like Sam is the reason that I'm so open about my grief and what I experienced because I was able to talk to her and be like did you feel like this and like we were able to joke about it and I think that is the main reason why we started this podcast because you know, if you are in your position, then who who can you talk to or hear hear somebody's voice and be like, oh, I totally I totally re- relate to that. Like that's what, that's what I felt like. Otherwise, you're just kind of like meandering through. Like, is what I'm feeling normal? Like, does anybody else feel like this? I feel completely on my own, alone with this grief. I feel like a weirdo. Um, maybe yeah. Maybe they should add that to the um, housing questionnaire at the Warwick Uni Hall. <laughs> I totally agree. Everyone's like, why is it, why are there always something coming from that house in the corner? It's like, oh, that's a yeah. house. <laughs> I love I don't know, I don't know if you found this, but at university I I um I found just like practicalities really like it's like they had they knew how to deal with like mental health, for instance. So there was like you know, there was loads of things like where if you were, if you cut yourself or if you, if you, you know, whatever had like mental problems or breakdowns, you, you know, there were loads of options for you. But when I, when I came back, um, you know, after my mum died, it was actually, it was in March and then I stayed at home and then we had the Easter holidays. But I remember emailing my tutor saying, by the way, my mum's just died. Like, um, I know I've got these like three essays that need to be need to be given in but like you know I'm kind of busy here but (laughs) but there was there was like there was nothing no sympathy no no options it was awful Mm. it is so hard the only option they gave me was well you can um either continue studying or suspend your year yes I was like yes 
That's what I got. I'll, I'll that's suspend exactly my what I got. That's all right. Suck it up or <laughs> Thanks, come back next year. Try again. Yeah, come back. But that's that's the thing, and and I and that's what really grates me about our society is that um, it, it just makes. I think it's because obviously this whole thing where it is quite rare to lose someone this age. When when that when that happens, they're just so unprepared for it, and um, there's there's nothing in place to help. Like you know, no one ever said to me, "Oh, you know, you should see someone, the counsellor." I'm sure there was a, some sort of a counsellor mm-hmm. person at university. None of my tutors ever said that to me. You know, there was no. I had to fight really hard to be able to take one of my exams, like just delay it by a month or something. Um, and you just think, I, I don't understand what's going on here. I, I, it's, and then the reason they gave me was, oh, because um, a lot of people in the past have said that, have faked random uncles dying. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so not only are you, not only are you not allowing me to do, take an exam, delay an exam. You're calling me a liar. Yeah, you're calling me a liar. <laughs> do you want to see her death certificate? Well, that helps. Yeah. Um, you say oh that, actually. You say that because in at the, I remember at the management school at uni, you used to have to show a death certificate. Oh, to be able yeah. To, I have to, which is, a... yeah, I mean, because I have, I have, I mean, before my dad died, I was, I definitely faked. I probably had about four grandmas that were ill <laughs> at any one time. <laughs> so I get it. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, to- I totally, I understand that. But I just think that mind is going to fake a parent dying. That is. Yeah, I mean that's something else altogether, isn't it? Like, I, I remember when I was applying for special circumstances um, after I'd finished my final exams in my final year, because then if I was on the border of a different mark, they might like give me some leeway. Uh-huh. Um, and my grandma had just died a month before my exams were starting oh, as well. God. Um, so when I was given my application, I gave my mum's death certificate and then I brought in the, the um, oh, what's it called? Like, the, the like your, your funeral sheet. Oh, the yeah. programme. Right. Yeah, the yeah, programme. I, <laughs> I slipped in my grandma's funeral programme. Like, oh, thank you. They can have a little sing along of the hymns whilst they're checking my exam results if they want. <laughs> this is why we need photographers at funerals oh my god oh, oh god that's so weird anyway so kind of on that topic then mira um what would you say to other people now that experienced something similar to what you did when you were obviously 19 mm. and and where you are now with your life? Mm. What would you say? I think it's, it's one of those things where, for me, like, grief doesn't ever go away by, by no mm. means. And I don't think it ever will. Like, when I see people on Twitter who lost their... Um, mum slash dads you know sort of 25 30 40 years ago they're still in pain um mm-hmm. and and the way they speak is, is it's it, it seems like it's still very raw to them and and I totally can see that happening because you know not only do you you're mourning the person that you've lost you're mourning the person that you never got to know as well so yeah. I think that's that's what's hard is that I never got to the stage where 
you know, I see my friends with their mums um, and their relationship has changed. Like it's it's one of friendship, you know, um, and we were starting to get to that phase, but it, it wasn't completely there yet. And, you know, I wanted to I, I also would have wanted to have give given back to her really um, in some way. Yeah. Um, and, and that's and that's something like, you know, I obviously miss her and I'm sad that she's gone. But it, it's not that 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 I'm sort of grieving about. It's more about that. Um, you know, I there was so much that I would have wanted to do and share with her that I never will experience. Um, so I think that's what's hard. But like the actual grief part changes; it becomes a lot more like mellow. Um, so it's it's always like trickling there in the background, um, but it, it it's it's less it's way more less way less intense and it's way less consuming. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's what I would say is that um, whatever you're feeling right now, you won't always feel that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the important thing. If you're feeling at your lowest, always remember that it's it's a temporary state um, and, you know, you're, you will feel lighter. I think that's the way I've described it. Like when I lost my mom, I felt like I had this massive weight on my shoulders that I was carrying around like all day, 24 hours a day, you know um and like as as I started to like deal with my grief and talk about it um and 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 let it out you're sort of like you're sort of squeezing that that grief out and you do feel lighter Mm. about you know you're still carrying this loss inside you but it it doesn't it doesn't weigh you down and that's what that's a very positive thing and and there's obviously you know I would I would love to have my mum back and I would give up anything for it but I what losing her has taught me is and and I think I wouldn't be this person I am like I've grown to to love who I am and I and I love who who I am now more than who I was when she was alive actually if I'm honest um Mm. because I don't know I just feel I'm 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 a much more grateful and a much more all-rounded and 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 grounded and a person you know I'm Um, and maybe that's part of its maturity, but also part of it is having to grow up a lot faster than um, one would. So, yeah, I really, I really value these conversations that we get to have with people that are older than Sam and I, especially with the way that you talk about how you know you're still finding your path and you're you still you know struggle with your grief and stuff. But I think Sam and I are only just on the same kind of path where we're kind of finally realizing what makes us happy and kind of getting rid of the stuff that doesn't serve us anymore don't you think Sam? yeah I totally agree like that's one of that's one of my favorite things to come from doing this podcast is speaking to people that their parents died you know over 10 years ago and no one's going oh my god that was so long ago like get over it every single person is like I was still dealing with it like it never goes away but it does get easier and look at all the amazing things that can happen oh yeah like that's the thing it's like you know people think of grief and joy as mutually exclusive but they're they're, they really do come hand hand in hand like I I don't think I've ever felt as happy because I can actually feel what happiness is now because you know I, I yeah it's it's weird like I was you know I think it's like you know with I just, you know that sort of superficial happiness of like going shopping and buying a nice handbag or whatever um and in the past that 
that would have made me but to me now I can see that as there's more there's more to life there's more there's more to happiness and there's more to access within that happiness but yeah just a little um something that I want to talk about just because I haven't had a chance to discuss this with anybody else um in the DPC over the last 24 hours but I had like a proper weird moment um yesterday where I was in a yoga class and it was like an introductory to yoga so it was like learning how to do the postures and stuff correctly so you wouldn't harm yourself and stuff and I sat there and I got this like overwhelming feeling of like full-on just like sadness because I was like I would really I really wish that I could have brought my mum here today and she could be next to me and she, she could be doing having this experience with me and I literally sat there and obviously it's a really quiet class and I, like, I just had like a little like tear running down my cheek and oh, I was just yeah. like oh okay right <laughs> let's not do this right now but it's those moments isn't it that I think are just so overwhelming every now and again and you know that, that they're not going to go like you yeah that's I wish you I wish I could say that they would I I really do but that would just be a complete lie and it wouldn't make sense because you're going to have so many amazing things happen to you, both of you, and um, and and the people that you want there. Just it's, you know, they're not going to be there, and and somehow you'll have to get through that, and you will. Um, inevitably, you will. And but yeah, I think it, I think you have to feel comfortable with being sad as well. Yeah, accept it. Yeah, you have to accept it. I actually wrote that in my diary because I wrote that that, that I had that feeling yesterday, and I put a comment underneath it like must allow myself to have these moments yeah, yeah. but I, I I completely agree I, I feel like if you if you ignore them they won't they still won't go away I, I, I think they'll, they'll come back in other ways but I think feeling a moment to be sad and just letting it pass and wash over you um is is, is some something that will will work I don't know I, I feel like that's it's not special but it, it's just it's an emotion that you have to allow yourself to feel so yeah um, coming from what you were saying about your yoga experience, um, I was just thinking about what to post sometime this week on, on my Instagram. And I was looking at some of my wedding photos um, and there was this photo of um, my dad, my sister and I, the three of us together. And it was like a really nice photo. And then immediately after it, there was that same photo, but we were all sort of in tears Oh. yeah and and that to me I found so beautiful and I'm so glad that the photographer captured it because it was such yeah. a raw moment um and it was just the only evidence of my mom like out of In that, yeah right. yeah mm. um and you know because yeah and that was and it was so private as well it was a, even though like what we'd been through has been horrendous and it's been a struggle of its own with my dad but yeah that it, we are still together the three of us in some weird warped family sort of <laughs> yeah we're, we're still a weird twisted family yeah. but yeah oh, <laughs> well Mira I have literally absolutely loved this conversation so oh, much me too yeah. thank you so much for having me honestly it was it's so nice to speak to you and have such a like real and honest discussion yeah, I can't believe how quickly the time has flown. Yeah, I just, I just looked at the time and thought, oh wow, it's almost bedtime. No, <laughs> well, the two of us, not not for not for one of you, not for you, Sam. <laughs> yeah. Very different. Fun for a whole day ahead of yeah, exactly. All day. I, I feel very much like this could be a two-part special because we have just we've really gone for it. It's been yeah. fantastic. 
yeah honestly yeah. I think what you're doing is absolutely amazing um and I love what you do as well I'm literally, I love the content I really do I enjoy it a lot so and I'm also looking forward to reading this book of yours oh yeah yeah I mean it's it's you can do a little self-promo yeah. if you want <laughs> I mean, it's in the early, early, I mean, it's, it's, it's fiction because I don't, yeah. I was struggling with writing nonfiction because I think there's a lot of that out there at the moment. And yeah. um, I don't know if I would, if I'd be able to add to that, but it is fiction. But one of the main characters is going through grief. So that is, it's going to yeah. appear. And I think I find, would find it easier that way to write about grief. Um, it wasn't yeah. about me. Yeah. yeah so um but yeah I mean as I say it's in the very early stages and it's what I've always wanted to do I always wanted to write a book so and finally I'm actually making time for it so that's Aww. that's an amazing thing that that I'm so excited for you that'll be amazing <laughs> yeah. I love books so you can guarantee you've got at least one oh <laughs> yeah I'll be sending you your um the manuscript yeah, okay, <laughs> <I know. laughs> oh god I really struggle to read so as long as you do an audio book Yes, yes. You can hear more of my random voice, and I have a I have the weird family cackle. So maybe you'll hear more of that. I don't know. I don't know if you've. Oh, heard don't it. worry. Sam and I have also got a true, true cackle. It's like a oh, witch cackle. <laughs> Sorry, Sam. No, Cat, do you, you know that when you're like editing the podcast sometimes, like you just hear us both laughing. You're like, oh god, like turn the volume down. Yeah, I know. <laughs> We always have like a high pass filter on it, and even then, it still like hurts your eardrums. Like, oh, oh god. god, it's so. Sometimes you know when you're recording videos on Insta stories. I just have to mute oh. myself because like no one can yeah. hear this. No one must hear this. <laughs> so true. Oh, god. Thank you so much for having me, and I look forward to hearing um, what what's in store the next few months for you guys. So, yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this week's DPC podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have and have found some comfort in the stories that you've heard today. If you've resonated with anything we've said, have any questions or want to get involved, please do contact us. We're on Instagram. It's at DPC Podcast. You can email us on dpcpodcast at hotmail.com or we have a contact form on our website www.dpcpodcast.co.uk. We have a whole bunch of resources over on our website. More information about dealing with grief, losing a parent and professionals to contact if you should need it. Because as Kat so eloquently said in our first podcast, we're not providing healthcare, we're just chatting <laughs> If you think this podcast could help someone, then we would love for you to share it. We upload new podcasts every week, so make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. Loads of love from Sam and Kat. See, See you, you next Tuesday. Tuesday. 